Hi, this is Coach Joe Lucas, or otherwise known as Coach Joe, and welcome to this e-learning on Mastering I Am, Understanding Your Personal Operating System, or what we like to call MyOS, My OS. So let me tell you a little bit about this program before we get into it, this presentation. You know, for, for 25, actually, if I count my entire adult life, for 35 years, I've always wondered, why do we do the things we do? What makes us who we are? You know, whether you're a financial advisor or an attorney or CPA or a professional or a business owner or an executive or just, you know, just a human being, right? How we operate, our, how, we, how we view the world, how we view, you know, kind of our decision-making process has a, a massive impact on our results throughout our entire lives. Here's the challenging part. I believe that most human beings operate in a state of unconsciousness. You just run a series of unconscious patterns and habits and beliefs. And, you know, have you ever stopped the thought about, like, what do I believe? What is important to me? How do I know those things are important to me? What do I say to myself? How do I view myself when I look in the mirror? How do I define failure? How do I, find, how do I define success? In this e-learning series, I'm going to take you through a process and help you define values, rules, beliefs, ID, internal dialogue, everything, your, your self-identity, all these pieces that make you who you are. Now, a couple things real quick. I would highly recommend you take some notes and I would highly recommend you go through this several times. Uh, I've been around this, you know, I've done this presentation several times. And the reality is that every time I go through it, I, I get a different distinction. I learn a little something more. I get a little bit deeper dive in things. And, and the reason why is, you know, repetition is the mother of skill, right? And we need to be aware of that. So I, I don't want you to kind of blow through this and say, oh, that was interesting. That was nice. Uh, when I did this program live in Toronto uh, for my Magellan uh, Mastermind Group, um, it literally transformed people. Now, in this e-learning, we're going to be doing what I call, you know, the content. Um, the uh, second e-learning will be uh, the actual workshop. It's where I'm going to have you do a lot of writing, make the changes. But this is really more the executive briefing, the background, if you will, so you understand uh, what the terminologies are. So uh, whether you do the second module uh, in this series or you're going to do our uh, Magellan Strategic Planning uh, business planning system, right? Uh, that's going to be a big part. So either way, you're going to need to have a really strong working knowledge of Myos and who you are. Okay. So with that being said, let's uh, let's jump in here a little bit. And look, I'm going to do this as if I was live with you. So I'm not going to be proper, and you know, I'm not going to, you know, this is not going to be a heavy edited type video. I really want you to get the gist of this. And the bottom line is this: this program has. Uh, has really impacted me personally. I would say this is the most personal program I've ever done in my 25 years of coaching. So I want you to uh, pay attention. So this is not the time to be multitasking and you know checking email and, and texting and be on the phone and wondering what's going on with Snapchat and Twitter and all that fun stuff. Give yourself the gift of just paying attention and write some notes. You know, we, we provide a PDF uh, with the content so you can take some notes around it. Again, writing is always, always a good idea. And, uh, and like I said, just let's go through this a couple different times, okay? So that being said, uh, let's get started on our journey today. 
All right, so let's talk about op let's talk about definitions first. Okay, so a definition of a so a definition of a computer operating system, right, or an OS, if you will. Basically, that means software that controls the operation of a computer and directs the processing of programs. So, bottom line is, it what drives everything. We're not going to spend a lot of time. This is not a computer pro a course, right? But here's how it affects you: your OS, MIOS, right? It's psychological patterns that control the operation of a person, actions habits, and behavior. So the key here is psychological patterns, right? But here's the further definition of that. Most of these patterns are what we call subconscious slash unconscious. So in other words, you know, you do things, you know, where are you doing them? How many times have you, you know, whether you, uh, whether you, you know, chew your nails or, or you, you know, you drive the same way to work every day and you kind of like, you ended up back, you ended up at work, but you're not really sure how you got there. Like you weren't really conscious of getting there, right? Because maybe you were, you were, you know, distracted, your, your brain was somewhere else. And, and, you know, the reality is that our brains, our conscious and our subconscious are so strong that without thinking about it, we can multitask. The problem is that we tend to put the important stuff, you know, on the, on the subconscious side and never stop to say, hey, wait a second. Is what's going on with me serving me? Is how I'm thinking about things, my worldview, how we define things to myself, is that serving me? And I will tell you, and I'm highly conscious, it was not serving me. You know, when I went, so, so the, the kind of the backstory on this was uh, for years, I've always worked on business planning. And one of the things uh, from my background in personal development is I understand, I understand uh, values and rules. So value systems, rules-based, rules-based, right? Uh, belief systems, right? Global beliefs, specific beliefs, things like that. And, and you know, for like literally 25 years, I focused on those two things. And then I really started to think about, well, okay, that's great, but there's got to be more, right? Because, you know, there has to be. And then I started thinking, I started doing some research, and I realized that, you know, uh, internal dialogue, like what we say to ourselves, right? Um, you know, the habitual, hey, I'm lucky, I'm good, I suck, I stink, whatever it is. Um, you know, that has a huge impact depending on how you're, how you're built. And then the, what I call the man and woman in the mirror, right? What do you see when you look at yourself? Do you see this super successful person, this person that deserves to be success, this, this person that contributes? Or do you see a lucky person? Do you see a fraud? Do you see somebody who's lying to themselves? It's like all these things matter. And so if you're in any type of business, you are the business. You drive this, and yet, you know, as, and again, I don't care if you're a financial advisor, a lawyer, an attorney, an entrepreneur, business, you know, it doesn't matter, is the easiest thing to do is stroke checks, right, to go buy more stuff, right? Oh, I need a new tool, a new system, I got to get organized. But if you've been telling yourself those same stories for 5, 10, 15, 20, your lifetime, I, I would submit to you that, guess what? That is not the issue. The issue is you've got some, you know, you've got some shifts that you need to make, and look, our success comes down to how we control our OS. So really mastering my OS or your OS, I guess, is critical for our success. See, you know, you can do all these other things, you can get you can get all, you know, you can get all the designations, all the education, all the skill sets, but if you if you're struggling to put it together, here's why. So those are our definitions, right? So again, psychological patterns, mostly unconscious, right? And these drive all of our actions, habits, and behaviors. And if you think about success in, in life, isn't about what you do, how you behave, how you think, what you spend your time on.
right? Let's, let's dive in a little bit deeper. So there are a couple of things that are important here. So let's talk about, first off, you know, human beings, right? And I know there's a lot of technology and a lot of artificial intelligence. And, you know, we live in, a, we live in great times, I believe, right? Uh, on the cusp of some really cool things. But let's talk about, you know, how you view things, our own self-view, right? So our OS is really the basis for all human relationships. So again, your relationship with yourself, right? Which we'll talk about that in a little bit. Relationship with others, so other human beings, right? And then relationship with the world, so things, you know, situations. And let me say this. Most of us have a very poor relationship with ourselves because we don't stop to think about, hmm, what do I believe? Why do I believe that? All those things, right? We tend to focus on other relationships and our worldview, if you will, right? But the most important one is the relationship with yourself. And unfortunately for most human beings, that's the one we spend the least amount of time on. So what makes up your OS, if you will? Uh, number one is your beliefs, which we're going to talk about what those are. Uh, they are a, a set of uh, what we call absolutes, values, what's important to you, rules. So, so rules are how do you know you're getting what's important to you, right? So like a recipe, if you will. Your SI or your identity, right? So the man or woman in the mirror, we like to call it that. And then uh, your internal dialogue. So what do you say to yourself? You know, are you a master, in essence, like beating yourself up, right? Are you one of those people that even when, even when you get a win, you don't give yourself credit, go, oh, man, I got lucky or I lucked out on that. In other words, you, you don't claim your victories, but you own your failures, right? So that's what a little bit of our operating system's about. Let's talk about beliefs, okay? So first of all, let's, let's talk about a very simple definition, because I think simple is better here. Um, so what are our beliefs? A belief is a feeling of certainty of the meaning of something, okay? So it's a feeling of certainty about what something means to you, right? And those beliefs could be religious beliefs, political beliefs, lifestyle beliefs, sports beliefs. I mean, we can go, we're not going to go and break them all down for you, right? But this is, you know, you, you feel certain that they mean something to you, right? So in addition, it's a conditioned perception that is built upon our memories, positive and negative. So here's the interesting part. Beliefs are not genetically encoded. They are all environmental. Environmental in terms of who you're around, who influenced you, your, your physical environment, your inputs, right? You know, think about today. You know, we spend, if you spend your entire day in, you know, involved in the news and on Twitter, and online versus somebody who limits that, I'm gonna tell you, you're gonna have two different worldviews based upon your intake, right? And I'm not here to say what's right or wrong, I'm just giving you how it is, right? Third piece, it's assumptions. Assumptions of ourselves and of the world around us. But here's the interesting thing. Most beliefs are not facts. They are just deeply ingrained beliefs that can be mistaken as facts. So let me give you an example, okay? So, how many, how many of you believe in God, a higher power, Allah, whatever, right? How many of you believe in that? Do you have evidence? Have you met this entity? Probably not, right? But yet, why do you believe? Because somewhere from, from you know, your, you know, one month old till through your adult till today, right? You're, you know, you're, you were conditioned, you were told, right? How many, how many believe that? 
that people don't make to have a lot of money are bad people. Right? Think about that. Now, where did that come from? What perception? Right? How many of you believe that people that are that are less fortunate are lazy? Right? Again, where'd that come from? See, these things are, but yet these beliefs affect everything, right? Let me ask you a question. Do you believe you deserve success? Do you believe you deserve to be successful? Hmm, right. interesting question, right? How you answer that? Well, maybe versus, of course, has a radical impact on what action you're going to take, right? Now, there are three types of belief levels, right? And they go from least to most, right? So an opinion, right? Everybody has an opinion, right? We all know the saying. We're not going to get into it here. So this is going to make a G-rated video, right? But uh, everybody has an opinion. So the opinions are, hey, you know, I really like that restaurant down there, or you should really try that place, or I enjoyed it, or things like that. So these are what I call very superficial, right? So these are very, very superficial, come and go, easily change, kind of the, we'll call it the belief of the day. Right, if you will. So, for example, uh, for those of you who use like either um, you know Yelp or any of those review apps, right, and you see a good review and you have oh this oh this restaurant is really good, right? Look at all the reviews, right? That's an opinion. You go to the restaurant wasn't exactly what you thought it was, and you're like mm, you know what, not so much, right? Easily changed. So opinions are easily changed. Opinions are easily shifted. Beliefs are a second level. Right, beliefs are a little bit more deeply ingrained. Right, these are the ones that probably mom and dad, uh, way back when, and, and how you went to school and what your intakes were as a child, really would, would formulate. They are not easily changed, they can be changed, but not easily changed. It requires a lot of evidence, right? And even evidence may not be enough, it depends how the person interprets that evidence. Okay, all right. And you can look around our society, you go back in history, right? Certain things were beliefs. I mean, think about it from this perspective. Uh, hundreds of years ago, some people, most people, matter of fact, believed that the world was flat, right? And then lo and behold, we have some explorers come and wow, the world is round. Yet, I read an article not too long ago that there were some professional athletes who still have a belief that the world is flat and still have a belief that dinosaurs never happened, right? So interesting, right? With all this evidence, you can still have people that don't believe it's true. Another case in point, most of us believe that exercise, physical activity, science, the science, by the way, uh, backs this up that, you know, exercise is good for you. Take care of your body. Yet there is a small portion of the population that does not believe that, right? Now, you can talk to them all day long, but this is what they believe. Be curious where they got it from, but that's how they walk around. So again, beliefs not easily changed, possible, but not easily changed. Third level, convictions. Convictions are what you'll die for. You know, so, you know, your convictions are rarely changed. Uh, you know, they are what they are. They're deeply ingrained, right? And a lot of times convictions are based, based around very passionate things like religion, right? Or, or, or politics, right? Or family or connections where, you know, you know, you just, like, if you believe your family is the most important thing, you'll do anything to protect your family, right? That's a conviction. You'll die to protect your family. Look at the men and women who go off and die for our country, right? Those are pretty convicted people, right? To, to want to give your life or want to risk your life, I should say, uh, to go do that, right? So, so convictions, or how about somebody who sacrifices their life to save another life, our first, re our first responders, 
right? These people are, are these people don't have opinions. They definitely don't have beliefs. They have convictions about what's right, about what their purpose is, and about what's in, about what they need to do, right? So beliefs are, and we're gonna get into them a little bit more in a little, in a little while. But I want to give you a primer. So again, these are these are a feeling of certainty about the meaning of something, not DNA. They're formulated throughout our entire lives based on associations and environments. Okay. Now, as far as foundations, we're going to get into some, some different areas here. So beliefs form the foundation of your of your expectations. So, for example, if you believe in, oh man, this movie is going to be so good. Look at the reviews, man. Look at the stars in it. It's so exciting, right? And you get so, you know, I can't wait to go see this thing. And you go, and it's like, eh, right? But what are your what were your expectations? Oh man, it's going to be great, right? And then, ooh, it came down. You have a negative experience, right? Same thing about if you believe success is easy, right? And you don't have to fail. How about this? My belief is I don't want to fail. I will guarantee you, and we're going to get into this in this program, you will not succeed. Because your belief around failure is what's holding you back. Right? Now, beliefs are nothing more than the conclusions that you have drawn based upon childhood experiences. So, so again, you have to look back, which I know, we're look, I'm not a therapist. I'm not trying to pretend to be one here. I'm not giving medical advice. But you need to go back and kind of look at that, little, that boy or girl, you, and say, hey, what is it I have here, right? And again, if you're going to do part two of our workshop, when we're actually going to get you to write it all out cool, or if you're going to, if you're going to do our, our strategic planning system, we're going to spend some time on that there. So again, I just want you to conceptualize this in this module right now, all right? But look, bottom line is, and here's the interesting part, you can educate yourself to death. You go get as many designations as you want in your chosen field. This is what the anchor will always be the thing that holds you back, your beliefs. It's like you're dragging this weight along your life, right? Beliefs are created from your environment, events, knowledge, past results, and future vision. So, for example, let's, let's go backwards a little bit. Future vision. If you believe that, it's, that life is going to be more challenging, life is going to get harder, right? It's going to be hard to become successful. It's going to be harder to grow your business. You show me a rational human being is going to say, you know what, I'm going to take a lot of action. Because it makes sense. You know what your brain says? Oh, man. You know, we better not, we better not put, go out there too hard because, you know, it's going to be hard. And we won't play it safe, right? So if you believe business is harder, business is easier, life is better, life is worse, I'll guarantee you it has a direct impact on, on your actions and what you're willing to do. Now, here's the interesting part of this. And the future vision stuff. This is what you run. You're not, you don't sit there and wake up in the morning and say, oh man, it's really hard to do business. I better not. You know, you don't wake up that way. It's, a, it's an unconscious pattern, right? Again, the keyword unconscious there. So I need you to become conscious of this, right? So future vision, past results. So here's a great one. Um, depending on the industry you're in or the profession you're in, maybe when you first got started, you're all excited, right? Sometimes being naive has, has its pluses, right? You don't know how hard something should be. You go out there and and you either get a good result or not a good result, right? And But whatever that result was, it now says, oh, look at that, right? I better not do that again. So give you a very quick example. If you if you're operate as a professional or your business is somewhat driven by referrals, right? And I think all businesses need to be, quite frankly. Um, and when you, first start, when you first got started, you were not, you didn't think through this very well. And you said, you know what? I'm just going to ask people who they know. 
I'll ask people to keep me in mind, and you know, and you get some results, you get some referrals. And so from your past belief set, you sat there and go, wow, for past results? Man, you know what? I gotta make sure I'm always talking about introduction of the referrals. It makes a lot of sense. If when you started that, you got some blowback, right? Hey, don't ask me for any names. Hey, I want you to prove yourself first. No, I don't do that. Your brain goes, ooh, you know, I shouldn't ask. And again, these are all done unconsciously. Now, knowledge. You know, so the more, and look, I think all of us are we'll always want to, you know, if you're, if you're involved with this, you're a pretty bright person. You create knowledge. But sometimes with knowledge become the different set of beliefs. So, and I'm not going to get into debates here. This is not the point. But for example, you know, the more, at least, you know, the more we know about our environment, the more we know about our world, right, may shift some beliefs, right? The more scientific we data about health, environment, technology will shift events, will shift your beliefs. Next, events. Maybe you'll go to something, right? Maybe you'll go to a meeting or an event or a program or something like that, concert even, and you know you had a great experience and or something had impact on you, right? Or it could even be something as, you know, going back to your seventh birthday and, and dad didn't show up or mom and dad were fighting and it just kind of, you know, kind of shifted your beliefs like, you know what, parties aren't good because bad things can happen. I mean, literally, that could be a case, right? And then environment. Now, what do I mean by environment? What I mean by environment is, you know, who, where do you spend your time? Who do you spend your time around? So there's an old saying that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. I really do believe that, you know, associations matter. So if you're associating with negative people, if you're associating with scarcity and driven people, if you're associating with people that really feel like, hey, you know what, the, you know, the good days are behind us and you know, we're just lucky to hang on here, I'm telling you, it's going to affect you and not in a good way. All right? So these are how beliefs are created. Now, there are three types of beliefs. There are disempowering beliefs, global beliefs, and empowering beliefs. So empowering beliefs are positive beliefs, right? They allow us to take action, right? So, hey, I'm really, I feel really good. I'm really confident. I really, you know, it's that kind of, I believe I can go X, right? I believe I'm good at, I believe I can, right? Or I will, right? That allows you to, boom, make, I enjoy working out. Boom, you go work out, right? I hate working out. You don't work out. Are you, or if you go, if you're lucky to go, right? You know, it's, it's under, under threat, right? Disempowering beliefs or what we'll call negative beliefs. They'll, they'll hold you back from doing things, right? Uh, I'm too young, I'm too old, I don't know enough, I don't like, I'm not good at. Certain things that will pop in there, right? That will cause you not to wanna to go do something, right? It will, it will retard your progress or your ability to take action. And then the third set is what we call our global beliefs or what we call worldviews. Now worldviews are just like they said, the worldviews, life is, life is what? Life is great, life's a challenge, life sucks, right? Life's a gift. How you answer those questions will definitely affect your approach to it. People are. People are great, people suck, people are unpredictable, I hate people, right? Look, if you're wired, depending on how you answer that question, I can tell you how much you like to be in any kind of people business, right? I am. I am lucky, I'm bad, I'm gifted, um, I'm, you know, I'm great, I deserve, I don't deserve, all those things. So those, so th those global beliefs, those in essence worldviews, right, on life, people, and you. I want you to think about those three things. Life is. How would you answer that question? People are. 
How would you answer that question? I am. How would you answer that question? Have, has a profound impact on your day-to-day -day life and you're not even aware of it. That's the thing. Okay? So let me ask you some questions. What are your global beliefs around scarcity abundance? So here's something I think is really important. Again, I don't care what business you're in. If you believe that, that opportunity is scarce, I will guarantee you, you operate every day in a certain way. If you think it's harder, more challenging, there's less opportunities, it will affect your ability, your motivation, your desire to go out there and build something really great and grow your business. Now, scarcity. Things change, right? So here's again, we get to that whole past thing, right, real quick. So if you're going to gauge your business today by how it was in the past, and maybe you're in one of those businesses where maybe things were a little easier, they were different, you know, simpler in the past. Look, the reality is in our society, things get more complex. I mean, I see it every day, right? I'm sure you do too. And what we need to be aware of is that, you know, don't look at it as harder, easier, different. And sometimes being different also means that the opportunities appear different. And that's what we need to think about. I personally believe that, you know, there's more opportunity today. There's more opportunity to start a business. There's more opportunity to grow a business. There's more opportunity uh, everywhere, but you just can't look in the same old places, right? And this is where the shift has to come, right? Um, if you wake up in the morning and it's like, oh crap, I've got to get through the day, that's one approach, right? You wake up in the morning and say, man, you know what? Today's going to be an interesting day. A lot of opportunities out there. I've got to go make it happen. Totally different, right? Your personal breakthrough, as my personal breakthrough, starts with shifting these beliefs, right? Start changing these beliefs, right? Like I said, whether you're going to go on to Module 2 or you're going to be part of our business planning system, we're going to, I'm going to walk you through how to change it but first, in this module, let's spend a little time on a little kind of a preview on how we're going to do it, okay? So one of the things I'm going to ask you to do, not here, is I am, people are, life is, right? Globals, right? I'd ask you to write them down. And then I ask you to question it. So really, like all of a sudden now, hey, we're going to go from unconscious to conscious, right? Hey, let's take a look at this stuff. And then what I'm asking you to do is when you look at it, say, ask you, does this serve me? Does this belief serve me, right? And if it serves you, great, right? Wonderful, no problem. If it doesn't serve you, say, you know what? That is obsolete. Like my, that part of my OS is obsolete, needs an upgrade. I'm going to have you write out massive pain. I'm going to have you, hey, what does this cost you? Fun, economically, I want you to really get around it, right? But again, we're not going to do this in this module. And then what I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you list out, you know, how do we shift it? What else do we change? Well, how about some new experiences, some new syntax? Look, just by going through this program, you're going to get new experiences. I'm giving you that new experience. I'm giving you some syntax changes, a different way of viewing things, my languaging, right? It's very precise for a reason. And then you have to decide whether or not you want to take responsibility for your world. So here's the big thing. A lot of people defer responsibility to third parties. Uh, you know, the government, 
my company, my industry, my family, and we just abdicate that responsibility. What I am asking you to do is to claim your responsibility. Claim it. Because unless you can say to yourself, unless you believe, so you go back to beliefs for a second, right? Unless you believe that you are responsible for your world, unless you believe you have the power to change what goes on in your world, that you're in control of your world, and yes, there'll be challenges and there'll be things and so on and so forth, but at the end of the day, what we need to do is basically go ahead and take responsibility for what we're doing. And then the last thing, which you know, it was funny. I was doing a, um, I was doing a business planning event, oh, maybe seven, eight years ago, when I really started to kind of put this out there as part of our, our planning process. And you know, one of the questions, somebody raised their hand and said, "Hey, Joe, what's the most? If you can only have one belief, what's the most important belief that you can have?" And I said, "Man, that's a great question." And you know, I kind of, I was on stage and I sat there, or I sat, I was, I was walking around, saying, "Interesting." And then somebody blurted out. And I, I wish I could give this person credit to this day. Hey, the most important belief you can have is that you could change your beliefs. And I said, wow, isn't that accurate? Isn't that make all the sense in the world? So the other piece here is you got to believe that you can make changes, right? If, if, and, and look, and I'm not going to put a, uh, a um, global on anything here, but for example, oh, you know, can't teach an old dog new tricks. I'm too old to change, right? Well, dude, if that's the way you are, if that's what you believe, you're right. Man, I can't help you. Nobody can, right? And and look, I get people, I get people in my coaching work who refer to me who are, you know, have have still have a lot of career left, but they've been in the business for, been in the business for a long time, right? And they said, you know, I just don't know if I want to change. I just I don't I'm think I'm too old to change, or or I don't I don't think you can teach this dog some new tricks. And I go, you know what? If you believe that, you're right. I can't help you. And they're like, what? I thought you were going to tell me how? Oh, no, 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 no. If you don't believe you can make changes, I don't care who you want to pay. It ain't going to work, period, right? And by the way, this is why for a lot of times when you get involved with personal trainers, coaches, consultants, uh, therapists, uh, doctors, you know, we put the whole list together, right? And you sit there and say, oh, man, it didn't work or it didn't work the way it needed it to or whatever. Well, how'd you go into it? Did you go into it in a sense of, hey, you know what? I'm going to find a way to make this work. I'm going to find a way to change. I'm going to find a way to, to make myself better. Or it's like, oh, man, this is just a waste of time. Because if you, if you walk into any situation wondering why you're here or why you're in any scenario, I can tell you why it didn't work. You weren't ready. You were afraid or you didn't know how. Or you were unconscious or all the above, right? So that's our, that's our beliefs. Now let's talk about values. So beliefs are, again, feelings of certainty, right? Now let's shift. To the next part of your OS, which are your values or value systems, right? So what's a value? Values are emotional states. So simple word, feeling. So values, feelings. Values, emotional states, right? How we want to live our lives, how, what we want to feel each and every day. Truly what's important to us, right? You gauge how your world is, how your life is, by your values. You interpret your life through your values, right? So in order to be at your best, you must constantly choose your values and prioritize them. So this is about two things. This is about what and then the hierarchy of them. And like I said, you know, we're not here to do the work in this e-learning. I want to get you conceptualized and get you, you know, thinking about this right now. 
All right? So we must consciously choose. And the key word there is consciously. Because I, all of us have, let, have unconsciously chosen our values. We've never thought about what's important to us. We've never thought about what feelings we want, what emotional states are most important to us. And this is what has to change. All decision-making decision comes down to is a values clarification, right? When you know what's most important to you, making a decision is simple, right? Anytime you have difficulty making an important decision, you can be sure that it's a result of being unclear. So I'll give you some great examples. So if you value physical fitness, how hard is it to decide to go to the gym today, right? If you value comfort and being satiated, right, how hard is it to go to happy hour? right? If you value success, how hard is it to really write down your goals and drive? If you, if you value comfort or value not failing, right? Or, or, value, or you value not being in a position to be rejected, you'll never take action. Whenever you decide something, feeling-wise, it is driven by your emotion and your value system. Case in point, so most human beings are emotional decision makers. So emotional states, values, right? Very few of us are logic driven, thank God, because of our, because our economy would absolutely crash if we were logic driven buyers. Th think about this. We would only pay the cheapest for everything. We'd want the lowest cost this, lowest cost that. So for, and I'll give you, for all of us here, right? I think we get around this. So it comes to automobiles, right? It's transportation at the end of the day, right? A car is designed to get you and whoever you choose to, depending on size, from point A to point B as safely as possible, right? And if you want to get down to logic, you'd want to do it as cost efficiently as possible. So with two things, you will want the cheapest car with the highest gas mileage or even a hybrid or EV or something like that, right? Because logically, that's what all of us should be driving. I drive a BMW. My wife drives an Audi. That does not fit the list. You know why? And thank God, right? Because vehicles and, and manufacturers got very good at this is it's all about status. It's all about how the car feels. How does it feel to drive? How does that power feel to you? How does that leather feel, right? Why do you think whenever you go for a vehicle, they want to put you in it? Because they want to put you in that state, right? They want to put you in that state. Housing, same thing. Hey, you need shelter. You want the lowest cost shelter with the lowest cost, right? Again, we're thinking logic for a second, right? Lowest cost, with the lowest overhead, right? But when you go into the nice houses, what if a good realtor, they're going to put you in that state. They're going to have, if you think about, if, you, if you've ever gone open houses, what do they do sometimes? They'll have some cookies baking. They'll try to put some, you know, some different things up there because at the end of the day, they want, they want us to be in a certain emotional state. Right, that's how it affects our decision making. Now, I'm making you conscious of this because, like me, you know, you were unconscious for a lot of your adult life, not your entire adult life. And when you get to, when you get conscious, and you can go ahead and make choices, it has a profound impact. You view the you you just feel like you're so much more empowered that you just have this power to know that you're in control. And that's what's really cool. Now, when we have difficulties in making decisions, right? So let's say, um, and I'll give you maybe one in the business sense. So 
let's just say somebody has a value system that is they value freedom, they value freedom, right? But they also value economic success. And they're in a business that the more, let's say it's client-driven, lawyer, doctor, dentist, financial advisor, consultant, coach, whatever, the more clients you get, the less freedom you have. While I have economics, right? Okay, I'm making more money, buy less freedom, and then at some point it comes, ooh, and then you'll sabotage. Because you can't, because you have a conflict, right? And anytime you want to sit there and take on a new, so in this case also, anytime you want to take on a project, you really evaluate, well, hmm, how much time is that going to take? Is, it going to, is that going to take me away from my family, my downtime, my, my renewal time, strategic time, what have, what have you, right? You'll take a look at that. And that becomes a big challenge. So these are, by the way, this goes for everything. So from where am I going to have dinner tonight or what do I feel like? And say, hey, what, am I, what am I in the mood for? Think about that when you say that to yourself. What am I in the mood for? That's what you're asking yourself emotionally. Hey, what would serve me right now from an emotional state? What kind of food do I want? Right? All those things. Now, there are, there are two types of values, and I'm, I'm going to take a little time on this, kind of walk everybody through this. And like I said, when you, whether you want to module two, or you're going to be part of our Magellan uh, strategic planning process, uh, we're going to actually going to work these through. Right? But for this process here, i got to get you just... I need to give you a working knowledge of how this goes, then we'll do the work again, either or. All right, so there are two types of life values, ends and means, okay? So two types of values, right? Ends and means. Ends values are emotional states, right? So, ends, so an end value, and we're gonna talk about number two in a second. So end values are highly sought emotional states. Means values are triggers, okay, triggers. So I'll give you a quick example. Let's say an ends value is I want to feel successful. I want to, you know, what's really important to me is to be successful, right? Well, how do you know if you're successful? Well, I, you know, I drive a car. I drive a what kind of car? I drive a Mercedes. Okay, what else? Well, I live in a good neighborhood. What kind of neighborhood, right? Uh, I make money. Well, how much money? By the way, here's the cool thing. Let me stop here. A lot of people, and this is where I get very, very specific in my planning process with people. A lot of people will set economic goals. Oh, I want to gross a million dollars, half a million dollars, five million dollars, ten million dollars, whatever it is, right? And what we have to remember is money. Money is a means value. It is a, it is a series of pieces of paper with dead people on it. And today, quite frankly, it's not even that. It's just little digits, right, on a screen somewhere. Like, I've got this or I don't got that, right? So it's totally a means value. There's no emotion associated to it. However, I guarantee you all have this going on because I have it. In your business checking account, there is a number in your mind that says, as long as my number is above X, I feel good, right? In other words, my emotions are good, right, positive, right? If that number ever drops below that threshold right to here, all of a sudden, you get a different sense, right? You get a different experience, right? You, you get a different set of values. So means values are things, right? Ends values are the emotion, right? So most often, people are too busy pursuing their means values, and they don't achieve their true desires, their ends value. So that's why I say, well, I would, you know, and I've seen this, again, my, my work is primarily with financial advisors. 
And one of the thresholds in, in my world is that kind of a million dollar producer, that million dollar production level, right? That million dollar gross revenue for business, if you will. And yet, you know, a lot of people get there and they wake up, okay, I'm a million dollar person and wow, that's it. Like it's a hollow victory because they pursued the economics, not what it was going to do for them. So one of the things you always want to do when you're setting goals, when you're doing business planning is that I don't want just a bunch of numbers. I want to know why the numbers, what's it going to give you? How's it aligned? All those things are important. You know, you know, to me, what's you want to drive something, tell your, write down how you want to live your life. Write down how you want to experience each and every day. Then ask yourself, how much revenue, gross or net income, either or, or both maybe, do I need to do in order to have X, right? Now, so let's talk about self-sabotage, because that's every one of my favorite things. So, so some, some people say to me, um, and I'm going to manifest it this way for this conversation, how many of you feel that you have a procrastination problem? Right? Raise your hand, right? You know, nod your head, that's cool, right? Now, why do people procrastinate? You're bright, you know better, but why do you do it? I'm going to tell you why you do it. Whenever, whenever anybody comes to me, and they say, hey, Joe, you know, one of the things I want to work with you on is I've got, I procrastinate, I've got a procrastination problem. The first thing I say is, no, you don't. And they're like, what do you mean? I just said, no, no, no. I said, no, you don't have a problem. You, you, what you've done is you've developed a strategy or, or strategies that enable you not to do the things that you know you need to do because you have a conflict, right? So let's just say you value being comfortable and you're in sales. So comfort is, you know, I don't want to put myself out there to get rejected. I don't want to fight the battle. So instead of making calls to prospects or calls to clients or following up on prospects, I'm going to do paperwork or I'm going to go talk to my buddy down here or I'm going to go surf the internet or I'm going to go check this or check that. So what do you do? And, and yet you know you, you know you need to be making those calls, but yet you don't because in other words, your fear of rejection and your comfort, right? You, you, you're, you have a, a conflict here because it won't allow you to do things and make things going forward. In other words, you want the success, but you want to be comfortable. And I'll tell you right now, not part of this program, by the way, if your primary driver is to live a comfortable life, you will never achieve greatness in anything because greatness is built upon uncomfortableness. And so if, you're, so if your value system is, oh, I just want to, I don't want to be stressed out, I just want to live comfortably, then I'll tell you, then you better have a J-O-B with a set salary, set hours, set everything, because that is the only way you're going to be happy unless you change what your thought process is, right? So let's also now talk about the two different types. So, so of ends values, of ends values, there are two types. So don't get confused here. I've got I've got life values, ends and means, and then of the ends, I've got two subcategories. Moving towards, moving towards is just a fancy word for emotions that we want to experience. So for example, most of us would probably put in some hierarchy, love, success, freedom, intimacy, security, adventure, power, passion, comfort, health, etc. So things that we would want to value. Now again, comfort, we didn't, we didn't get into rules yet, so I'm going to come back to that. But these are things that most human beings, again, there's plenty more, but I'm giving examples here. And then moving away. These are things that we don't want to feel in any given day. Rejection. Who wants to be rejected? Anger. Who wants to be angry? Frustration. Loneliness. Depression. Failure. Humiliation. Guilt. All those things, right? 
So as an example, here's what you want, here's what you don't want, right? The, the two, two lists. Here's what I want to experience, here's what I don't experience. And inside of that, there's a hierarchy, which we're not going to get into as part of this program. Okay. But think about that. Of, of the moving towards, if you have to say, if you look at just the list I gave you of the list, what's the one that you'd want? Man, if I can experience this every day, every day, my world would be great. Is it, sex, is it freedom? Is it love? Is it intimacy? Is it power? You know, what is it? And then if I can give you a pill and I can eliminate one of the moving away ones, if I can, never, if, if I can give you a, a pill and you'll never feel rejection again, You'll never be frustrated. You'll never be angry. You'll never feel failure again, right? Think about which one would you want. Here's what I'm saying to you. You can have it all. There is no pill. There's no red pill, blue pill. What there is is hard work. What there is is you getting conscious and being conscious when you make decisions, being conscious when you make choices, being conscious when you need to take action. That's what I'm talking about, okay? Now, values, right, have rules. So, man, values, rules, right? So rules are, well, what they say, they're rules, they're the, the hows, right, or what has to happen, right, or triggers, if you will. So they dictate how we interact and judge ourselves, the world, and other people. And by the way, if, you're, if, you're, if you label yourself a perfectionist, right, you have a long set of rules that absolutely have to be matched because if you don't match them, you feel like you failed. Right? That's a, that's the that is the my definition of a perfectionist: a a unwill, unyielding set of rules that are hard to that are hard, that are hard to achieve. Specific beliefs about what has to happen in order to experience the value. So, again, a rule is here's what I need. For example, let's just say that that health is being feeling healthy. Feeling vibrant is one of your moving towards, right? The things you want to experience every day. One of your moving towards values, MTVs, if you will. If I asked you, and we're sitting down together, and I would say, hey, I know that being physically fit and healthy is really, really important to you. What do you, need to, what do you need? What are the rules? What has to happen in order for you to feel that? And, you know, this person says, well, I need to weigh X and I need to have X amount of body fat, and my cholesterol has to be X, and my testosterone level needs to be X, and I have to, my waist, my hip to weight ratio has to be X, my uh, BMI has to be X, right? And they have like seven or eight things, right? The more rules you have on what you want to feel, the harder it is to trigger it. Let me repeat that. The more rules you have when it comes to what you want to experience, the moving towards values, the positive ones, the MTVs, the harder slash impossible it is to feel that, right? Now, who set the rules up, by the way? Did your mom and dad set them up? Did your colleagues set them up? No, you didn't. You weren't even aware of it. You weren't even aware you set a set of rules, but you did unconsciously. Right? So these are triggers to our value system. Right? Let me give you another one, if you will. So we have MTVs, right? M moving towards values. MAV, MAV, moving away values. So let's just pick one, rejection. 
So, so where I have vibrant, I have all these rules. What happens if you have a rule that says this? If somebody says no, or I want to think about it, or, I get or I'll, I'll get back to you, I feel rejected. Let's just say that's your rule currently. I can tell you right now, I don't care what industry you're in, what profession you're in, what you do, you don't go for it. You play it safe. You know why? Human beings will do anything possible consciously, consciously and subconsciously to make sure that they don't feel any kind of maths, moving away values. Okay? So if you have a, so on one side, we have this long list of what has to happen to feel good, but we've got a real short list, maybe one thing to feel bad, right? You wonder why you walk around being pissed off all the time and wonder why you're not successful or why, how come I can't get it together or why I'm always frustrated? Because your, your values and rules, most likely your rules, by the way, uh, are what really causes you challenge, Okay. Rules are also our internal definition of how things should be. So, you know, our worldview is based on our rules. So if you have a rule that says, uh, you know, love thy fellow man, right? You should, everybody should love each other. Everybody should care for each other. Everybody should respect each other. And then you look around society and it just, right? Because you, your worldview of how things should be are not being matched. Personally, if you've got a blueprint or set of rules that says, oh, by my 30s, I will have achieved this. By my 40s, I will have achieved this. By my 50s, you, you get my drift, right? And you've set these rules up. Maybe you set them up when you were a teenager, even before, even maybe prior to. And life happens, right? And you don't get there. And so, in other words, it's not how it should be. But yet, you've never went, you've never went and evaluated those rules. But yet, you carry the burden of them. Right? We're going to change all that. Now, here's the interesting part. Most people, when they want to make changes, go, go say, I'm going to change what's important to me. I'm going to change my values. I'm going to change the hierarchy of those values. That is a hundred times the energy. I cannot change somebody's beliefs. I cannot change somebody's values. I don't have the power. It's not up to me. What I can help you with is the rules. Because the rules are, are the rules, right? They're how, this, it's how you, what has to happen to trigger X. Well, that's a hell of a lot easier to change the rules than to change the values, change the beliefs, okay? By the way, when you get upset with something, it's because somebody broke your rules. So let's say you have a rule that says, you know, my, you know for me to feel like I've got a, you know, a perfect, a great life, I have to walk into my house and it literally has to be like a museum. Nothing can be out of place, no mess, no dishes, you know, no laundry, no anything. Like my, my rule is because, because that's the way I grew up, right? Maybe you grew up in a house where your parents or your mother or your father, you know, were these real strict disciplinarians and, you know, things have to be done a certain way. And so that's your, that's your wiring. And then you say, hey, you know, this is the way I want to live. And then you have kids and animals and wow. They, have, they don't have those rules, right? And you just get, you know, you feel like you're just absolutely violated, right? Because they break the rules, break the rules, break the rules, right? Change your rules. Make a decision. I guarantee you, unless you've been around me for a while, you have no idea what your rules are. But yet, throughout the day, they impact you. When you, when you structure rules that you're dependent upon a third party or somebody else, 
something else you can't control, you experience pain. So for example, in my space, advisors, right? If you have a rule that says, hey, business is good when the stock market's good, hey, you're in for a world of pain, my friend, because you don't control that, right? If, and if you go through life worrying about, hey, other, how, you know, if you need other people to behave a certain way for you to feel good, you're screwed, absolutely screwed. If you're looking for you know, things to be different in, in, you know, in I don't care, government, society, the world, all those third party, you have, and you can't influence it, you are not a happy person, period. The rules must be positioned as you have control. If you have third party rules, you are one miserable person because you have, unbeknownst, so again, I'm not going to beat you up here, but unbeknownst and, unwill, and, and, and unknowingly, you have ceded control of how you view your world to third parties and you weren't even aware of it. That's why this program, this e-learning is so important. I just want to make you conscious of what's going on. So when you wake up in the morning, it's like, I'm going to run through a series of patterns. What do I believe? What's going to make me happy today? Like, I want you thinking about this stuff instead of just operating. And don't tell me you're too busy because that's not what this is about. This is not about, you know, hey, I need you to meditate for an hour a day, although I, for some of you it probably be a good idea. I'm just, right now, goal number one for me, I want to make you conscious of this, right? And then as we either, again, whether you go through module number two, are you going to do our business planning process, which is has module two in, uh, incorporated in there? We're going to do the heavy lifting there. But right now, I need you conscious, aware. So when, I, so when we go into the work, like, well, what's a, what's a rule again? What, what's this? We've, that's what I'm saying. You need to go back this over and over and over again. You know, you will spend, some, you know, I say this respectfully, I guess, uh, some of you will spend, you know, hours, if not days, on your fantasy football or fantasy sports league, right? Um, you know, on other things, watching TV, whatever. And this is what's going to have the impact for you, spending time around this, okay? Now, rules, the, reason, the other reason why we like to work on those rules is because, you know, I can ask you some questions, and like I said, we're going to do that in the workshop, and you're going to write them out. And you'll notice, you know, you may have something you've been carrying around for the last 10, 20 years that is totally not relevant anymore, right? They become obsolete, right? They were, they were steeped in, you know, thinking maybe five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and they're like, why are they here? Because you never got rid of them. You never consciously said enough's enough, right? The other thing we're going to ask you to do with your rules is, how do they, do they hurt you? Do they hurt you? Do they hold you back? Are they really, really, you know, problematic? And I would say the answer is going to be yes on a lot of them, right? Um, what we want to do is, and this is, what, this is what I call hacking rules, if you will. Like you could hack a computer. Well, we're going to hack your OS when it comes to rules. So what I'm going to do in the workshop and then also, again, whether you're, you're coming, whether you do module two here or you're going to do the business planning or strategic planning is that I'm going to help you. What, you know, if you have a list of rules that, that are like this long to feel successful, to feel accomplished, to feel achievement, to feel freedom, to feel love, to feel intimacy, to feel all these things you want to feel the moving towards stuff, if you got a list like that for each one, you will never feel it or you feel it very fleetingly, or rarely, right? Or very randomly, it's not consistent. 
So in other words, you'll feel less successful. You'll feel less emotion. Um, the more failure rules that you have, right, um, the less failure you have. So on this point, what I'm also going to do is I'm going to have you, if, so in that example I gave you about rejection, somebody says, no, let me think about it, like that. What I'm going to do is build this up, right, in terms of uh, we're going to create a list. So I'll give you, let me give you, let me give you an example on both. So on the, on the positive ones, let's just say, you know, I want to feel successful every day. Good. And let's say you have a list of, you know, I've got to do this, 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 you know, so I've got to be up by 430. I've got to go to the gym every day. I've got to give my best every day. I can never feel like a failure every day. Nobody can ever reject me every day. You have this list of stuff, right? And you wonder why you're stressed out, right? Oh, and I don't feel, and I'm never stressed, right? Which the only time you don't feel stressed is when you're dead, right? Period. So if that's the way you roll today, what I'm going to work with you on is this. What would happen to your to you, how you feel successful if you woke up every day and said, you know what? I woke up today and I have the opportunity for greatness. And that's it. That is the only role. Do you think that you'll roll in a much different pattern every day? Instead of having all these things you've got to check off every day, you have one thing. I woke up. Not everybody did that. I have an opportunity. Not everybody has opportunity. Go look around the world today and you will see a lack of opportunity and a global perspective. Right? You have opportunity. By the way, that's why I wake up. That's my rule on success. I just shared it with you. Now, as far as rejection goes, so going back to what we just talked about. So let's just say you have a rule that says, in order from, I feel rejected when somebody says, I want to think about it. I'll get back to you. Um, you know, no, right? And like, oh my God, like somebody shot you through the heart, right? Like, oh my gosh, right? What happens if we set a rule like this? They got to tell me no. And they got to tell me in a very rude manner. And they have to use some colorful language, curse words, right? And then maybe they even have to talk about my mom. Nobody likes their mother talked about, right? And then they either, either they, 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 slam their, they slam the door on the way out or they, slam the door, or they slam the phone down. And but before they do that, they say, never, ever, ever, ever contact me again, you loser. And let's just say you, re you rehearse that every day. After a period of time, you won't ever feel rejection because the rules aren't met. Think about waking up every day in your life. I'm going to give you these little two things, right? What would happen every day in your life if you just took these two things? Definition of success, I woke up, and I, and I have the opportunity for greatness today. And rejection, boom, 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 boom. And you were to consciously rehearse that every day for a minute. Just talk to yourself about it. How would that be different for you economically? What would be different? Think about, how much, think about what you can do in your life by making that that one change. Okay? Disempowering rules, impossible to meet, lack of personal control. So again, we call those third-party rules in a lot of cases, right? Impossible to meet. So you need help from other people. You don't control it. Um, you know, well, what I, need, what I need is I need my partner to do X. Or I need my clients to think this way. Or I need, um, you know, I need the people in Washington, D.C. to think, uh, behave a certain way, right? Or I need this or I need that or I need the weather. So all these things you have no control over, right? 
And here's what you need to remember too. So I do a lot of team building. I don't, you know, which is like, a, which, you know, team building and partnership building is like couples therapy in a professional sense, right? Um, and so, you know, it's interesting is that when you're upset with your business partner or your life partner, rules the same here, is that rarely is it a values conflict. So in other words, you know, rarely is it a situation where, you know, there's just not a meeting of the minds anymore. What's happened is the rules now are in conflict. Case in point. So let's just say you have a spouse, you know, or a significant other, and you both value love. You know, love is important. You know, love connection, right? And one partner has a uh, one partner has a list that says, in order for feel me, in order for feel love, I need you to respect me, communicate with me. I need you to also um, honor me by you know picking up after yourself, not making a mess. Um, you know, basic basic stuff, right? The other person has a set of rules that say, in order for me to feel love, I need you to tell me. I need you to hug me. I need you to be physically intimate with me, right? I need you to take time out and just tell me and care and be present, right? I've got the same value, two sets of rules. Do you see where the conflicts might be, right? In business, the same way you have business partners or colleagues, I want to be successful. You know, you know, what's really important to me is success. Great. You know, partner A, you know, I'm, you know, you, you I got to make at least a million dollars. You know, I need to be, you got you to put the time, you got to do hard work, you got to sacrifice, right? Uh, you got to come in on a Saturday, you know, all these rules, right? And then partner B says, you know, if I can make a half a million dollars, my lifestyle's cool. Um, what I care about is being there for my children, like, you know, the coach to be there. Um, you know, I want to be able to take downtime with my family and travel the stuff. I got the same values, two different set of rules. You want to know how that part, that partnership's got a problem because there's conflicts and there'll be a lot of emotional upset, not because the values are, not because the values, and when most people put, par, put partnerships together, they look at the values. Well, what do we believe in? Oh, we're so aligned, Joe. Yeah, but what about the rules? What are those? Oh, right? And we get in there and we say, hmm, not so good. Let's work on this, right? Make, let's make it. And that's why most, and by the way, so what happens in partnerships or, um, you know, whether they're economic partnerships or business partnerships or both, is that when we have this emotional upset going on because the rules are mismatched, most people tend to do this, bunker. They stop talking. They stop communicating. It's like a marriage. It's like, like any other human relationship, right? You kind of check out on them. And unless you fix this, unless you bring a third party in to fix this, you are just, it is just a matter of time before the whole thing unfolds. And you don't want that, okay? All right, let's shift gear. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about this. You, the man or woman in the mirror, right? So, you know, so you look at this, right? Like, where the heck did he get this from, right? So uh, when we were in Toronto and I, uh, and I hosted our Magellan uh, Mastermind Group, um, I did a version of this, a very personal version of this live. And one of the things I did, which we're not going to do as part of this, but just kind of you know, for uh, effect here, is that I, um, I gave everybody a mirror. And in the exercises, we actually had people stare at the mirror. And, and, I, went, and I had them write down what they saw currently, right? And it was a real, real powerful piece, okay? So let's talk about self-identity. The man or woman in the mirror. So this is a key thing here. So we got values, rules, beliefs, right? SI, self-identity. 
Identity is the strongest force of human personality. So look, man, either you see what you see, and if you don't like it, it's a big problem. Big, big problem, right? If, the man, if you don't like the man or woman in the mirror, or you think the man and woman in the mirror is a fraud, or doesn't deserve success, or is lucky, and that's your kind of image of yourself, your identity, got a big challenge, okay? We all have a deep and abiding need to remain consistent with how we define ourselves. So, so if you look at yourself and you say, man, I'm just this happy-go-lucky dude or, or person, right? You know, I'm like the life of the party. You will behave to that. You will behave to your identity, right? So if you see a, a, a fat MF, right, guess what? You will, you will manage to that identity. You will behave to that identity, which means you'll supersize everything. Right, because you have to maintain. You have to maintain your human beings have to maintain their consistency in our own definition. Any transformation you make within yourself will depend upon your ability to expand this identity. So here's the thing. To me personally, this is the hardest thing to deal with because here's the reality: beliefs. I can change them in an hour. Right? I can write stuff out, I can, I can get massive leverage on myself, I can go ahead and make any changes I want. Right? I'm not saying easy, but definitely doable. Right? Values. I can put them in a hierarchy, I can look at the rules, I can hack the rules right? To, so I know what I want to feel, what I don't want to feel. I can do that consciously. I can do that in a very short period of time. You cannot change who you are overnight. You know, you're not going to lose 50 pounds overnight, right? You're not going to have radical change in how you view yourself physically overnight. So you've got to find a transformation. You've got to find a way to expand that identity. So when you're looking in the mirror and you see yourself every day or throughout the day, you've got to have some different language around it, right? So when I did this, and like I said, this has been the biggest thing for me, is I literally, when I was putting this whole thing together for everybody, I literally went into uh, you know my office here is up on the second floor of my home here in Melbourne, Florida, and uh, what you don't see is I have another room there and then a, a restroom, and so literally when I was putting this all together, I went and said you know what, what is this? And I actually took a piece of paper and I went into I went into my, my restroom and where I have a big old mirror there and I stared at myself and I wrote down everything I didn't like, and that was incredibly painful. It was also the best thing I ever did. And I was really brutally honest with myself. I didn't hold back one thing. And I wrote it all out. And I looked at it and I said, wow. That is not going to serve me going forward. Reality is it hasn't served me at all in a long, long time. And so our self-view of who we are, it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. It doesn't matter whether it's accurate. It's what we believe. Right? So if you wake up in the morning, you believe you're lucky, or you, you know, you, you know, and, and you're a fraud, or you know, you're not sure who you are, and you're conflicted, and you're stressed, and you, know, you see all this stuff, right? And I'm telling you, you will behave to that identity. So what you need to do is start shifting. Now, how do you shift it? And again, we're not going to get into the workbook part here, but this is so important I want to share with you now maybe some of you can start working on this, is you've got to change your patterns. So if there's any way that you can go ahead and make a small shift. So for women, you know, I'm saying it's easier. You can change your makeup, you can change your hairstyle, you can do a lot of things like that, right? So in other words, you give yourself a little, kind of a little, like a makeover, right? And by the way, you know, there's a lot of these like makeover shows, you know, I don't think they're as popular today. They used to be years ago, uh, you know, and 
and what they really did is they changed the person's self-identity by physically changing their appearance. And by the way, you know, for people that do a ton of plastic surgery, what they're really looking to do, they're trying to, instead of, you know, fixing from within, they're trying to force the, they're trying to go out in versus in out, if that makes any sense, right? So what I'm saying is let's go in out versus out in. And even, by the way, out in, a lot of times it doesn't fix it, right? You get addicted, to people get addicted to plastic surgery and they don't even recognize themselves because they don't like who they were. But they never, fix the, they never fix the inside and they go chase it for their entire lives, right? Sad, right? So expanding the identity is also means shifting the identity. So what we need to do is to go ahead and basically start reframing. So for, for men, like for me, like for those of you who follow me, maybe some, most of you have not, is that, you know, I used to have longer hair, I used to be kind of slicked back, I used to have a mustache and goatee, and, you know, and that was the old Joe. That was, you know, Joe 1.0, right? And so when I did my self-identity, I said, okay, what can I change, you know? And so I start changing some of my dress, I start changing kind of, I got rid of my facial hair, changed my hairstyle, got cut it real short, kind of threw it to the side, and so when I looked in the mirror, it's different as I finish the rest of my work, right? For me, it's really around health and fitness and vibrancy. That's what it really is for me, right? So, you know, we have to be aware of that. We act according to our views on who we are, whether these views are true or not. So again, what you believe is who you are. So, you know, if you believe you're lucky or you're lazy or, or you're fat or you're unhealthy or anything like that, you know, you're going to behave to that. You know, if you, if you think you're just lucky or, you know, you're a loser or you, whatever you see in the mirror, you're going to behave to that. It's that simple, right? Trying to live, incongru trying to live incongruently to your self-identity creates a life of frustration, uh, you know, uh, stress, it should be stress, and disappointment. So you've got to change your self-identity to get congruent to what you want. So there's stresses two ways. So if you don't view yourself a certain way, but yet you want to be super successful, but your identity sucks, you're one stressed out person because you're trying to be something that in your mind you don't think you are. And until you change that identity, you're going to struggle. Right? Now, who decides our identity? Who decides? You do. As soon as you decide you want to take responsibility, you can restore the identity you want or create the one you want when you realize that you're empowered. So look, I don't care if it's a physical scenario where you've got to lose 50, 100, 200 pounds, you have control. You have to believe you can take responsibility. You have to believe that you can restore the identity that you want. You know, all of us have the, has the person that we want to be inside of us. The problem is we walk around our entire life so unconscious, we never stop and say, well, how do I get this person out? How do, I, how do I transform, right? I believe business is a personal development scenario. So whether you're a lawyer, doctor, financial advisor, coach, business owner, your psychology, which by the way, myos, my OS, is just a nice word for your psychology. Your self-identity, how you view things, critical impact, right? So you need to be aware of that. Responsibility, I am telling you, I took control, radically changed my life, radically, radical inputs. You know, clients that have known me for 10, 20 years say, you're just different now, I can tell. 
and I know I'm different. And different is positive, not negative. Right? Take responsibility, restore your identity. The fastest way to expand your identity is to do something inconsistent with, self, with your self-image. So let me take you through a little story here. This is very important. So uh, uh, my, one of my Magellan meetings was in Del Mar, California. It was February of 2017, so earlier this year, as we're recording this. And you know, one of the things I had realized um, was that I had fallen. I was always a very athletic person. I played a lot of sports growing up. I played sports into my 30s. Got a lot of injuries playing those sports into my 30s, which now they've come back to haunt me in my 50s. Um, and, you know, I, uh, I have always been a member of gym. Always a member of gym. And when we moved to Florida, I joined a gym that was affiliated with a hospital, right? So it was really brand new, really, really slicked out. And, and I'm going to say certain things, and I want you to kind of read into them. To, they're not negative. Just kind of let me explain. So, you know, the, the, the interesting thing about this gym is, you know, I go midday. So I would, you know, uh, I wouldn't go in the mornings. I wouldn't go after work. I wouldn't, you know, wouldn't go super early. And I would go midday. And the good news about going midday is, number one, there's not a lot of people there. Number two, who's there are all the rehab patients. And these rehab patients tend to be older people. Nothing wrong with older people, by the way. Except when, if you're in a gym and you're like the youngest person in the gym at the time. And so what happened was that I started to buy into this, oh, I'm getting older. Oh, I'll just do the machines. I'll just do the cave. I don't need to sweat that much. And, and you kind of go fluff through workouts, right? Where I used to crush workouts. And I kind of bought into this concept that I was no longer athletic. I was going to be this middle-aged, overweight dude because... Most ex-athletes are overweight, middle-aged dudes, right? And, you know, I kind of told myself that story. I kind of bought into that identity, if you will. And then going through this workshop, so going through what I did here, I said, you know, I said, okay. So I looked in the mirror and I said, and that's what I wrote. Like, I wrote, I'm a middle-aged guy. You know, I, I think Tim Ferriss had the, had the comment in his book, The Fire Workweek. Uh, balding, middle-aged fat man driving a BMW. I was like, holy crap. I'm turning into that person, the person, you know, the one he makes fun of. And I said, I can't do that. So if so for me to expand my identity was to do something inconsistent with the current self-image. So if my crow, if my beginnings of my current self-image was a fatter, getting fat, balding, middle-aged dude driving a BMW, well, how do we how do we change that? How do we do something inconsistent? So here's what I did. I quit the gym. Nice place. Um and I joined a like a CrossFit personal training gym, which I may be one of the older people there, right? And I got a personal trainer now, which I never had before because I didn't need anybody telling me what to do, right? And I hired and I you know and I hired uh, you know this personal trainer, and he literally kicks my ass. Where I feel like you know the first couple of weeks I really felt I was in a car accident every time I went, um, but I'll tell you what, it shifted my identity back. Because what I did, I went, I did something inconsistent with it, right? So that's the difference is. So you must change your behavior. So for example, if you think, oh man, I'm just, you know, I'm just getting older and I just don't have a lot of energy and stuff like that, you know, you you're not gonna fix it by telling yourself, oh, I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna have energy now, right? You've got to take action, you've got to do something inconsistent. What's inconsistent? Maybe you go take a walk. Maybe you order healthier. Right? Maybe you become conscious of things. It makes all the difference. See, we all have the power to reinvent ourselves. You know, 
The key is to take control and believe that we can create it. See, you know, me personally, I've always believed I can create anything I want. Um, you know, I, I grew up lower middle class, uh, pretty much absentee parents, uh, never went to college. And yet I've had the privilege of the last 25 years working with some of the most successful people in the financial services industry and yet never sold, never was in the financial services industry. I'm one of the first industry coaches in that space, maybe the first, probably the longest tenured now. Started from nothing. When I started, there was no coaching. There was nothing. I was just a guy who had an idea, right? Our identities are always evolving, control the evolution. So here's the thing. From birth to death, your identity flows. It evolves, it changes, it shifts. Most of us don't control that shift. Most of us don't control that evolution. What I'm saying to you here is you can control the evolution by being conscious and understanding what the evolution is to you. Okay? You, like I said earlier, your behavior will be consistent to your current view of your identity, whether it's accurate or not. So it doesn't matter, it, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's truthful or not. If, if that's what you see, you're going to behave to that. Right? So you could be this super successful person, but if you know you, you feel you're a fraud, the man or woman in the mirror, I'm a fraud, you will find a way to sabotage. Now, how does a super successful people sab how does a super successful person sabotage who thinks they're a fraud? A lot of different ways. Addictions, alcohol, drugs, sex, um, inconsistent incongruencies. There are a lot of ways one can sabotage oneself, right? And that's why it's important to understand who you are and even more importantly, who you want to become. Why? Because we all have a need of certainty. So the devil, you, here's the statement, the devil you know is better than the one you don't know. Interpreted, that means I may not like who I am today, but I know who I am today. I may think he's a total piece of S, but I know who he is. You must get uncomfortable and realize that you must shift that, right? Because if you don't think you could change, if you don't like the man or woman in the mirror, you're not gonna, it's not gonna, you're not gonna change it by accident. A shift in your identity can cause a shift in your PS, POS, or OS in this case here. So bottom line is this. Who you are when you see yourself in the mirror, when you look at this, right, this, what you see is your reality. Good, bad, indifferent, it's what it is. What I'm saying is, understand that. Be conscious of that. And have the courage to change it. Take the action necessary. And you know, here's the interesting part. I have worked with, like I said, my space is financial advisors. I've worked with people when, I've, when they've come to see me about them not being as successful as they want, you know, and we kind of go through the process and I ask them, hey, how's your health? And they'll say, well, I'm about 50 pounds overweight or I'm this, that, or I'm exercise, I used to be this, but now I'm that. And, and I say, well, how do you feel about that? You know, how do you feel about, you know, kind of being, you know, that, that person, right? That, you know, unhealthy person, if you will. And it really bugs them. I say, okay, so, so when you look in the mirror, what, what do you tell yourself? And, you know, they'll say, um, you know, I'm not going to repeat a lot of this, you know, some colorful language, right? Um, 
I said, look, I would love to help you build your business. I would love to help you double your revenue. Here's the reality. Until you change who you are here, all the business planning, all the business development, all the marketing, all the other stuff you want to do will not get you to where you want to be because that's what you've tried to do, by the way. Because what's holding you back is not that. It's this. And I've had people double their business because they've gotten healthy. I've had people grow exponentially because they, got, they handled themselves. They, got, they, they mastered themselves. You've got to remember, I don't care what business you're in, you are the cog of your growth. You are the engine. You are the economic engine of your world. And if you don't take care of the engine or you don't like the way the engine runs or sounds or feels, you will not get greatness. Okay? So you must shift. I will guarantee you, if I said to you, if you wanted to 10x your business, you want to, if you want to grow your income by 10 times, who's that person? What do you need to, who do you need to become? What are the characteristics, the traits, right? The image, the vision of that 10x you. Think about it, write that down. Even though we're not doing exercises here, write that down. Because that's the person you need to become. Now, let's talk about ID, internal dialogue. So the man or woman on the show, like, like, you know, was, what was that? The commercials, right? The, when you a little thing talking to you. So how you talk, self-talk, how you communicate yourself has a radical impact, radical impact on, on actions, your worldview, who you think you are, how you interpret things. Uh, one, of my, uh, one of my early mentors, Tony Robbins, the quality of your life is determined by the quality of your communication with yourself. And I think that was that unlimited power or personal power. Probably both, right? So listen to, listen to this again. The quality of your life is determined by the quality of your communication with yourself. Right? It's, right? Our relationship, go back to one of the first slides. Our relationship with ourself. Our relationship with ourself, right? But yet, how much time do you spend on this? None. You're too busy, external, tweeting, Facebooking, LinkedIn, news, all this stuff. When do you sit down with yourself and have that conversation? When do you meet with yourself? I have meetings with myself. Which I know sounds weird to some of you. But look, I sit down every morning as part of my morning ritual, part of my morning power hour, and I have a meeting. Hey, what are we going to do today? And I say, just like that, hey, what's on tap? And we work through it, right? And I know it sounds weird when I say it that way to some of you, but look. I'm in communication here. Your internal, your internal dialogue determines on what your brain focuses on. It's a Q&A machine. So, for example, if you wake up, this why the news is so bad in the morning, by the way. So, if you get up in the morning and you put the news on or, or go hit the email or both, God forbid, all of a sudden you've now said, I, it, now you, instead of saying what I need to focus on, you go here. Oh, I wonder what's in the email. I wonder what's on the news. I wonder what's on the news, right? And then you see things, and you hear things, and your brain goes, why are they doing that? That's stupid. I wonder why it has to be that way. And all of a sudden, you're focused on the wrong things. You're focused on what? All the things you have very little control over, right? So what I'm not saying is don't, don't listen to the news or don't be aware, but just find a better time of the day, not the first hour of the day, right? Now, that's a whole different program, right? So what you, do, what you, what you say, your Q&A machine, right? 
it, it affects it affects what you focus on. So for example, if you if your brain if you say you know you know how come I'm always struggling, your brain says, well here's why, dummy. Uh, how come no, how come I'm not more successful? Here's why, idiot. Right? The power of questions. Asking you shall receive. So what you get we got what you got to remember is that we're always Q&Aing ourselves. We're always in a sense of what's going on, what do I want to do, what should I do next, you know, what's this, what's that. We're just a real Q&A machine going forward. If you don't control those questions, you'll get some answers you don't like, right? Why can't I get up early? Well, because you stay up too late. You um, surf the internet, right? You, you read your iPad, you watch videos, whatever, right? I mean, all these things happen, and these are, and by the way, you're not sitting there going, hmm, what are the questions I should ask myself this morning? You're not thinking that. It's just happening subconsciously. Researchers have found of the tens of thousands of thoughts a person has each day, think about that. By the time we wake up to the time we, we, we fall asleep slash pass out, go unconscious, I guess, right? Physically, right? Of the tens of thousands, most are negative. Of these, often these are subconscious and we're unaware they're happening. This is why we, you know, we are a habit and pattern-based person or a habit and, and pattern-based entity. When you fail at something, what do you say to yourself? So here's the thing I want to ask you. When you fail, what do you say? So if you don't get a result, right? What do you say? We're going to get a failure in a little bit. But hey, when you get an outcome, what do you say? You dummy. I mean, think about this. What do you say? You're dummy. You're idiot. See, you knew. You see, you knew they were going to tell you. You knew they were going to say no. You knew this. You know, like other words, you kind of get. You go all negative, right? And what I'm not saying here is to be delusionally happy and pretend there's no problems or there's no challenges. I mean, that'll get you nowhere either. But what I'm saying to you is, you've got to control your dialogue, right? You got to say, hey, you know, here's a question, and this is what I use. Example, let's just say I'm going to call a prospect, okay? I, my brain has choices now. I can go and say, oh, you know, they're probably not going to want to work with me. They probably already made a decision. It's probably going to be a no. It's probably going to be, and I'll tell you what, you start talking that way, do you want to make that phone call? I know I don't. But what happens if you said this? What's the worst case scenario here? They decide not to do it. Okay. Then what? Are you going to lose your house? Are, you not, are your children not going to eat? It's a missed opportunity. Right? I give you two different scenarios of a conversation. Which one do you think you'll be more willing to pick up the phone and make that call? The first one, all negative. Or the second one, conscious. That's what we're talking about here. Being conscious, right? So when you fail, and I fail... We'll talk about that. Is I've got a certain pattern I go through. You know, for me, when I fail, first question, what did I learn? Because I have a definition of failure that says if I if I don't get an outcome and I learn something, I don't fail. Let me repeat that. If I don't get an outcome and I learn something, it's not failure. All right? So for me, first question, what did I learn? And I go through that. When you're successful, right? When you get when you get a positive outcome, you get a yes from a prospect, things like that. What do you say to yourself? So is it like, oh man, you're man, you're lucky. Look, if you walk around, I've had clients tell me this for years. Oh man, I got really lucky with that prospect, or I really lucked out. 
Uh, I got lucky, I got a couple of referrals. No, you didn't. Look, here's what luck is in most businesses. Somebody randomly shows up with a lot of money and gonna hire you to do whatever it is you do, and they just wanna do it, right? They hit the lottery, right, basically. That's what we're talking about. There's very little luck in business, right? You make your luck. Now, you can put energy in one place, and they come back differently placed, and they come back from a different place, but there's no luck involved, right? And that's what you gotta remember. So when you win, what do you say? Oh man, I was lucky, or gee, I you, I won't be able to do that again. Or I mean, you kind of. So in other words, you're dismissive of your victories. What would happen if you said, you know what? I did a good job on that. I deserve that. I'm really looking forward to working with that person, right? I'm really, I'm really excited by that, right? Think about that. What would happen if that would be the case? See again, it's what you say to yourself, what you say to yourself when you're conscious. Now. How do you control dialogue? So how do you take control of this? And how do you do conditioning? See, everything we talk about in this program is really about conditioning, consciousness, right? Repetition, all these things. So what do you do here? There are three areas, there are three pieces, right? There's the morning questions, the evening questions, and the peak state questions. Morning questions, I have a pattern, which I'm not gonna get, I don't wanna go over too crazy here, right? But I wanna take you through, and some of you are saying, what's this piece of paper Joe's got in his hand? This is my quarterly, this is our quarterly game plan builder. So if you're gonna be, if you're accessing our strategic planning system, uh, whether live or, or the virtual version, uh, this will be the outcome. But real quick, I wanna give you my morning power questions, right? So here's what, or phrases. So, hey, what has to happen today to make today my masterpiece? You know, what, what, what must I do today to be uncomfortable? So how do I push myself, right? Um, make sure I practice gratitude every day. Give love, receive love. Take care of your mind and body. Add value to everyone you interact with. Tell the truth to yourself and others. That's how I start my day every day. I control the focus of my mind, right? Those are my morning power questions. Now, my evening questions, which are not a part of this, which I won't, we're gonna do that, is that, you know, what was my biggest victory today? What did I learn today? Who did I help today? Where did I add value today? Right? Those are just some evening questions. And that's normally what I ask myself kind of when I'm in bed, kind of getting ready to kind of shut it down for the day, right? I'm gonna go through that. Now, peak state question. Now, what's a peak state? For me, it's when I'm doing some physical activity. So whether I'm on the bike, I'm at the gym, I got a headset on, I'm always rehearsing in my mind, you know, good things, you know, you know, dare to be great. Um, what has to happen for you to 10X your life? Um, what else do we need to do to become more successful? How do I add more value to human beings? How do I get outside my own comfort zone? How do I push myself? Those are what I call peak state questions. And the thing about being in peak state for me personally is I'm doing something athletic. I'm working out, I'm on a treadmill, I'm on a bike, I'm on a row, I'm doing something like that. And I just, you know, you got this high energy, maybe you got some music flowing in the background. Uh, music can be a, a very good tool also there, but it really puts me in that peak state, really puts me in that, in that great place. You need to be able to do that also. Okay. Now, last piece. So we talk about values, we talk about rules, we talk about belief sets, right? We talk about internal dialogue, right? We talk about your self-image, five things. Let's talk about this one. You know, like OS is like a computer can get a virus, right? You can kind of, you know, you can get some, uh, you know, malware, if you will, on it. Uh, just like a computer OS can get a virus that compromises your OS can also get a virus, you know, so things can get in there that cause us to have a big problem for it not to work effectively. The most debilitating virus you can have is fear of failure. Most human beings don't want to fail. 
And I get it. Who, nobody really does. I mean, you think about it. Like, nobody's going to say, hey, I'm going to teach a class on failure. Come to it. Or I got this great workshop, how to fail massively. Who's going to sign up for it, right? So we know that that's not going to be the case. But here's the thing. In order for you to have what you want, in order for you to have the life that you deserve, to have your dreams come true, to have the business you, you always want, you have to fail. You cannot play it safe. And so if you're, if you're, if you're, so if you're operating in your world that says, well, Joe, one of my key things is, is to really reduce the risk of failure, you're screwed. Because what that says is that you're not willing to go at it. You're not willing to go for it. You're not willing to go hard at it. Now, how do you define failure? Right? So this is really the key thing. Ask yourself, what's failure to me? Now, my old Joe Lucas, old definition coach Joe, right, was I fail when I don't achieve an outcome. Right? So in other words, I set a goal, it doesn't happen, I stink. I can tell you very, very clearly, I don't set a lot, I don't set a lot of challenging goals, right? I don't push it, I don't go for it because who wants to feel that? Right? So my old definition, you know, fail, fail, failing to achieve, you know, you know, design, design a required result, didn't serve me, held me back. So you know what it is today? My definition of fail is this: I only fail if I don't get a result and I don't learn something. Okay. And probably a third piece would be, and, I, and it doesn't economically compromise me. So it doesn't economic. So in other words, we're not going to push all our chips in the middle of the table and do one thing, and then if it doesn't work out, that we're on the street, right? So to me, you know, you take reasonable risk. You understand that it may not work. You understand that the only, the only time, if it does not work, why it did not work? You remember, remember the old definition? You know, if you know... Definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Well, you got to know what didn't work. You got to have your postmortem. I mean, look, I try, every, I try more marketing. You know, I do a lot of things, different programs, different coaching programs. I'm always testing stuff. I'm always out there. Uh, again, putting cer certain amounts of capital on the line, right? But nothing that I can't pull back that's going to affect my lifestyle or my family's lifestyle. And, you know, some of it works, some of it doesn't work. The stuff that doesn't work, I fix. And guess what? I get it to work. So how do you define failure? If it is if it's just not accomplishing, you're screwed. Bottom line. Right? Does your current definition debilitate you? Does it stop you from going on? So one of the key things for me when I put this program together for my clients was it forced me to really take a hard look at Joe. The, I was, you know, I, I said I said this to people in uh, in Toronto, my my uh, my Magellan members, that look, if none of you get this. I feel bad for you because this has been so powerful for me. And by the way, just as I said to you earlier in this program, you got to go through this a couple times. Um, I've gone through, and we're not going to get into this. Is what the kind of what the workbook looks like, which you know, depending on what you're what you're going on to, you'll get you'll get a, a version of it. I've gone through this workbook now eight times, reworking it, reworking. It. I just reworked it before I got and before I decided to shoot this this video today. I went through it again to reassociate myself to it. Right, and so what you need to do is have a definition of failure that serves you, right? And for me, serving me means I don't get a result, right? And I don't learn, and I lose a lot of money. Check, check, check. Yeah, I failed, absolutely failed. 
totally blew, totally blew it, right? But new version, I don't learn, right? Or I learn, and I don't risk a lot of money, I don't fail. Big difference. What would happen, what would your definition of failure need to be in order to make it unstoppable? See, for me, what I learn, right? Don't risk a lot of money. Let's do it again, but better. Once I came up with that and I realized it didn't matter anymore, when I, when I shifted my rules around rejection, I didn't care anymore, all these opportunities opened up for me. What I was willing, what I was willing to try became much bigger. The, the, the now the, the absolute commitment to 10xing my world. It's powerful. All that happened because of going through this program. So a couple last words, some parting words, if you will. If you're going on to module number two, which is our workshop, right? You need to be in a place, a very good, powerful place. Because I'm going to gift you your coming to Jesus moment or whatever you want to believe, right? If you're coming to one of our live uh, strategic planning events, um, we're in essence going to do the workshop as one of the modules. If you're accessing uh, this as part of our virtual program, our, our virtual strategic planning program, I'm going to walk you through that also as part of that planning process to make the changes, to get it written down for you to make the changes. So just, again, this e-learning here is really just background I now, my goal here was to take you from unconscious awareness, you did not know what you did not know, to now make you consciously aware. Not mastered, but aware. So I look forward to taking you through the next module or seeing you at the live planning program or having you uh, go into, I think it's module number three and four of our Magellan Strategic Planning System. This is Coach Joe. Thank you for spending your time. Be well. See you soon.